When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We work really hard to put this show together and hopefully you enjoy it too. So here's the deal. Head over to 1865.football slash flatback and take a look at Flatback 4's range of forest gifts. Buy yourself something nice for Christmas and use the code 1865, that's 1865 at the checkout and you'll get a 10% discount and we'll get a little kickback too. Can't say fairer than that. So if you haven't seen already, a new Nottingham Forest book has just been released. Talking Reds, written by Keith Harrison, tells the stories of 10 forest greats and their time at the city ground. And I'm delighted to say that Keith can join us now on the podcast. Hello, Keith, and welcome to the 1865 Forest Ramble. Hi, Steve. I'm looking forward to a ramble. (laughs) So with the book, obviously, it looks like a really interesting project to work on. And as you say, you've got 10 forest legends telling their stories of their time with the club. How did you come about writing the book and and where did you get started with it? Well, I've done a couple of books before. I'm a a leader in residence, which is a fancy title up at the um, University of Central Lancashire in Preston, where I'm from. And um, over the course of the past couple of years, I've I've done a couple of books on Preston North End up there and talking to people like David Moyes, Mark Lawrence and famous ex-Preston players. And um, a couple of years ago, I got married again uh, at the age of 50. And um, my best man, my best friend, is a Forest fan. And I've been on loads and loads of games with him at Forest down the years. And he said, look, you know, I- I'll-, I'll be your best man, but you've got to do one of these books because he'd read the-, the Preston books and he thought they were really good. And, and the-, the concept of them is, is that I approach them a bit like a- an oral history. So... You speak to people, but it's their words. It's coming across in their words. It's a first-person piece. So there's no interpretation by me as the writer. All I'm doing really is is conducting a a lengthy interview with the players and getting their stories down and then they're telling the stories in their own words. And and I think, you know, one of the the great 
uh, I used to be an editor of, of a couple of newspapers, a couple of regional newspapers going back a few years. And I used to always prefer pieces that were written in that first person piece, because if you don't have that, you get somebody else's interpretation on what the, the subjects, the plays are actually saying. And, and I think it's, it's the beauty of these books and what people tend to like about them is that the words are in the player's own own words. You can almost hear the voices of the players telling these stories. And um, so that's how it came about, really. And, and like I say, the concept is to speak to the players, get their stories down about... And it's not just about um, what their life's been like when they've, they've played at Forest. It's been about how they grew up. You know, you talk to someone like Chris Bart Williams growing up in, in Sierra Leone and compare that with Brian Roy and, and growing up in, in Amsterdam. Again, not a very privileged background, but then he's into um, uh, playing for Ajax and coming through the, the famous Ajax Academy there with people like Dennis Bergkamp. These backstories before they get to Forest, I think, are, are really interesting to see where, where players come from. And so... Um, the other thing I like to do with the books is to try and raise a bit of money for charity. So I, I cast around the uh, Nottingham Forest community uh, website and stumbled across, really, the, the, the Forest Power Chair team. And I'll talk a bit more about this later on, but it, it's a really good cause uh, for, for the lads. And I think they were, they were surprised almost because not many people know they exist. And they are disabled athletes in uh, powered wheelchairs. And they play this uh, an, an adapted game of football, but it really just have to be seen to be believed. And the skill involved is amazing, and it's it's a really interesting thing to do. So that's how uh, it came about, really. And then um, the first thing to do, obviously, is to set out to tracking down the players and come up with a list uh, of players. So I, I spoke, sat down with my uh, my best mate, and I said, "Look, okay, I, I'm going to do this book. Which players do you think?" I should have in and which era do you think that, that we should focus on? And um, like Sim, because he's of a similar age to me, he said, look, I really loved it in the 90s when we had, you know, the, the tail end of the Cluffy years and going to Wembley two or three times and then Frank Clark came in and then Harry Bassett came in. And it, it's, it, that's the, the era really that we, we set about uh, getting older people. And so you start with LinkedIn, you talk to a few contacts that, are, that I've got in the game, uh, you go on social media, and uh, by hook or by crook, you, you chisel it down and you get responses. Some people you, you don't get a response from, some people just don't want to do it, and that, that's absolutely fine. Um, but everybody I spoke to was, was a real pleasure and a privilege to speak to. And I've said this before, that that footballers sometimes get a, a bad reputation for, for being mercenaries and for not caring about things like that. And whenever I've spoke to, to footballers, and I've spoke to dozens of them over the past few years, you know, it, nothing could be further from the truth when you sit down with these guys. They are really humble. And um, the other thing that comes across, particularly with, with this set of players that I spoke to at Nottingham Forest, is how much they really care for the club. You know, the, the, the Ian Wohan and, and, and people are Ian Wohan, quite emotional. The people get quite emotional when they're talking about their, their time at Nottingham Forest for, for various reasons. And um, so, yeah, so we, we, we I say we, it's, it's, it's all me really and, and my wife uh, helping out with the, the admin. But uh, we tracked down um, 10 players and arranged to have interviews with them. And, and sadly, of course, in these COVID times, Normally, I'd like to do these interviews face to face, but it was—it's uh, more it's been more a case of 
Zoom and, uh, um, and and sometimes over the phone, just just anywhere really where you can have a chat with somebody and um, and, and get their stories down. So it's been a, a really interesting uh, thing to do. And uh, the players, a really good mix of players, I think, from from down the years, and uh, they've got some great stories. Definitely, and I think that that honesty and that that storytelling from them really shines in the way that you've put the book together. Because, like you say, a lot of books can be bits of interviews interspersed with facts or you know prose from the author. And in this case, with this book, it's just kind of candid stories that these players are telling and Chris Bart Williams you mentioned there his story coming from Sierra Leone via then Leighton Orient Sheffield Wednesday and then on to Forest it tells a really interesting story and particularly his Forest career spanning from the mid-90s through to the early 2000s so that's one thing that does really stand out is that that kind of honest storytelling um, I always think that because when I'm an avid reader I just read books voraciously and I always think that, and I read one this week about a fan of a team, I won't say which team, but, and, and it was just his interpretation of it, which is all fine and well and good. And, you know, this is what it's been like following this team for the past 30 years. It's all well and good, but it's a very subjective thing. And, it, and, it, and if you speak to 10,000 fans, you could get 10,000 similar books. What's really interesting is to get to the players themselves and to get their insights on it, because that's what we really want to know, is what went on when they sat down with Van Hoydonk in the dressing room. What did Cluffy say about this? What did Dave Bassett do? What was Ron Atkinson like? Why was David Platt like David Platt was? And I think all that type of stuff comes out. And, and I think it's probably cathartic for some of these players to, to be able to, to get this out because they were hurt in the way that, that several of their um, careers came to a close at Forest. Yeah, there are some quite eye-opening accounts in there. What what stands out for me as well is the fact that there's a few players featured who have not really spoken out a great deal about their Forest careers in the past. So what kind of insights did you gain from, from speaking to those kind of players? The likes of, say, Gary Charles, Des Little, even Brian Roy as well. I mean, Gary Charles uh, was has had an incredible story. I don't know if, if Forest fans, uh, you know, me as a general football fan, I didn't realise the personal problems that, that Gary had had in his life after uh, leaving Forest and after, um, um, you know, finishing the game. And it, it really was an eye-opener to sit down and talk to him about about the issues. And he's actually been in prison a couple of times with, with his, his personal problems. And, you know, to, to be able to talk about Nottingham Forest and that time of, he called it a time of innocence, really, of when he was first coming through in the game. And so that was his, he, did, he wasn't getting paid big money. He wasn't even playing in the team every week. But he said that was his happiest time in football. You know, when there was no pressure, everything was in front of you. You were dealing with Brian Clough every day. And, you know, he looks back fondly on, on his time at Forest as probably the happiest of his career. I mean, I know, you know, Gary then went off to, to Derby, which is a massive no-no. I get that. And I think he <laughs> gets that. And he, he says he understands that. He says he understands it more now than he did at the time, which I find incredible because he'd been in the East Midlands for, for long enough to know the rivalry. Um, but, you know, again, he speaks, he, he loves his time at Forest, and I think he's still got very strong feelings for the club. I mean, it, as fate would have it, of course, his first away game as a Derby player was back at the city ground, 
And so we got a really nice welcome from uh, the Trent End and, yeah. uh, and all the, actually the Trent End, well, I think it was still being built then, but uh, he got a really nice welcome from, uh, from the Forest fans. And, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was pretty painful for him. But uh, he even talks about the, uh, the own goal that he then scored for, for Derby against Forest, which Forest fans again absolutely loved. And, uh, so yeah, I think, I think, you know, Gary now is, is, it, the great thing about Gary is that, that he's turned his life around and he's now uh, mentoring people and offering sort of counselling for people who went through similar things. And again, this is one of the things which is sometimes overlooked about footballers, that they are human beings and they have a story. And it's not just about them going out on a Saturday afternoon. They do have, um, you know, lives and problems and issues like everybody else. I mean, they may not be the issues that you and I have got, but they certainly do have issues that, 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 that manifest themselves, and Gary is the, probably the, the prime uh, example of that in, in the book. I think, you know, he mentioned Brian Roy again. Brian, a lovely, lovely guy. Um, he's He's got a very interesting story, and he talks again, a uh, very personal um, insight from, from Brian about what it's like when, you, when you're a footballer and you pack up. And his, his chapter is actually called Call Me Brain because he realises in the end that you'd go from being, you know, walking into a, a bar or a shop or a restaurant and people saying, oh, look, it's Brian Roy, to being just Brian. You know, it, it, all that fades away and you're left with just Brian and you're left with yourself. And, you know, I'm, I think it's a really interesting insight into the psyche and the psychology of what happens to players. And I think the players, all the players that I spoke to were very honest about about things. And that's, again, to their great credit, there's, I try and cut through the, the, the cliches of things to get to actual stories that, that people are interested in. And, you know, I think they've, they've done one or two podcasts in the past, but there's a big difference, I find, between doing a podcast with the best will in the world to, to seeing it written down in writing. And in the past, not particularly with the Forest book, there have been examples whereby players have said things to me quite openly you know, when you get into the rhythm of a, of a chat. And then when they see it written down, they they take it, oh, God, I can't say that. But actually, you know, it is it is what they've said. So things look very different when they're written down. But I think that the the players were all very honest about about their experiences when they were growing up, as you mentioned, with, with, with Chris Bart Williams and his, his life in London and Sierra Leone and then uh, Brian as well. The, the, before and after, really, he's played the game. Yeah, and I think with this book as well, you see a lot of stories told that actually dispel rumours and particularly when a player leaves a club. Like we've had players like Brian Roy who perceived to have left Forest on bad terms and kind of had a bad view of the club when they've left. But reading his account, it's quite the opposite. You know, you see a real love and a real admiration for the club and the time certainly in his his instance the time that he spent at the city ground i think he made one he made a joke that he that he said or they caught somebody caught him in an interview and he said something about the only good thing about nottingham was is um is robin hood and he's dead and <laughs> you know if if you speak to the guy you'll know he was joking he was joking but again like i just mentioned things look very different when they're written down and taken out of context and um so yeah some people have given him stick for that but you only need to speak to him and see that, that yeah he's he's he got a real passion for for forest i mean you know you've got people like brian that, that who who've 
been in and gone in a few years' time. But then there are also people like Steve Chettle. You know, Chets is in there. And, you know, what, what 15 years with a club man and boy? I mean, you know, what he's seen and what, what he experienced as a Forest player was just unbelievable, really. Everything that, you know, from the, the, uh, the FA Cup um, semi-final and, and um, taking on John Barnes and all that and coming across... Um, uh, you know, the first experiences with the Sun newspaper and then, you know, the, the whole high, uh, um, Hillsborough um, uh, episode as well that, that he touches on. I don't think he was in the team, but he was certainly there. And, you know, but the thing about uh, Steve Chesterly is he was there through an, a phenomenal period whereby Forrest had great success at the start of the decade. Then, you know, in various cup finals and obviously the Spurs Cup final and the, the League Cup final. Um, but then in the league, they, were, they had success and then they got relegated out of the blue and, and the departure of Brian Clough and everything that went on with that. And then to bounce straight back and then to think, Mark, we're back in it and be great again under Frank Clark. And then after European nights and everything was just... And then suddenly, bang, you're back into a relegation again. So so what Steve Chetter went through at Forest was just phenomenal. And he, he really does put his heart and soul into the club. He, he, people know that when he was a player. He, you know, he was a Forest player through and through. He loves the club and he still does. And again, the thing, one of the things that stands out talking to Steve is, you know, how it all ended and how sad he was. That, that that it came about, and uh, again, I think this was um, the the David Platt era, whereby people like Mark Crossley, Steve Jets, uh, Ian Wone, David Platt just just wanted them out, and they did. For, he just wanted a clean sweep, and and he says how how painful that was to to have to go through that, having given the club so much of his life. But you know, he's pragmatic about it, and uh, he he. he he has no ill feelings whatsoever towards Forrest. It was just that how sad it was at the end that, that when everything came to to a finish. And I think there are there are certain ways of doing things with Forrest that probably, you know, the David Platt era was not the best way to do things. So I think there's little talks about how um, David Platt basically got rid of him in the car park. Uh, he, he was, you know, he was. He didn't even get to the manager's office. He said, he, "I spoke to him once. I think I said hello." He said, "The next thing we were supposed to have a meeting in his office, but I didn't even get that far. It was in the car." And this is, you know, Des literally was a, a fantastic player for Forest, and you know, real part of the furniture there. And and it's not as if he was he was on his last legs. I think, you know, well, Tanky, he had went on and had a good career elsewhere. But he's another one, Des Little, who's um, who if you talk to him about his career. Forrest is the one that, that sticks out. Some of these players who, who've played elsewhere for, for other teams, it's the Forrest years, not just because they're, they're talking about this book, but you can tell that the Forrest years are the ones that they, they think about the most. And, you know, Ian Wone, uh, I think I did one of the, the promos on it saying, Ian Wone saying, look, it's my club. It always will be, no matter what happens. Nottingham Forest is is my club. You know, um, what, nine or ten years there, hundreds and hundreds of appearances, some amazing, brilliant goals, hell of a left foot. And, you know, again, he, he speaks about what, how painful it was when he when it all came to an end. But no ill will towards Forest now, or even at the time, it was just the way things were, and it was more individuals than the, the, the club itself. And he just wishes, I know Ian says in, in his chapter, he just wishes that his last game, I think, was away at Stockport. 
and he didn't really get to have a proper say chance to say goodbye to to the forest fans at the city ground like like he really would have wanted to do so again it's um these are not players who are, who are just sort of you know ships that come through and pass in the night these are people who've given their heart and soul to a club for a long time and you really get that sense when you talk to them about how much of an emotional connection there is to forest and um, uh, from from you know, from from players. And I mean, it might have been different these days when the people move around a lot more. There's a lot more money in the game, but but certainly that's that just jumps off the pages with me about how much Forest means to these players. And the forward for the book is written by Gary Brazil, who is of course closely linked with Forest as the academy manager. He speaks quite passionately about the club and his his time at Forest, and obviously the important role that he plays. What was it like speaking to somebody such as Gary, who is so closely linked with the club on a day-to-day basis in the modern era? Very, very intelligent guy, Gary Brazil. Very sharp football operator. And, and you know, when you speak to him, it's not, it's not the cliches that come out. You can tell he's got a really sharp football brain. Um, I mean, in this sense, what I, what I was talking to him about was, you know, his view of, of, of the club and the, the forest way as a culture. And I think these are things that, that Gary came up with. He, he was the guy who, who mentioned to me, I didn't put the words in his mouth about the forest way. You know, there is a certain way of doing things at Nottingham Forest, a certain way of playing, a certain way of conducting yourself and a certain standard that the fans uh, expect. And I think, you know, that comes across very clearly that the, the youngsters that are coming through that, that academy, and we've seen some great players come through, haven't we, in, in recent years to Forest, you know, they've all got to take this on board and understand it. They've got to understand what it means to pull on that shirt. And, and Gary Brazil leaves you in no doubt at all that, Anybody coming through that the, the the academy ranks really understand they have it drilled into them that look this isn't like any other club this isn't a club you can just you know toss it off or, or come in and and go through the motions you've got to understand what this is and I think Chris Bart Williams says again in, in his chapter about you know it took him twelve months to really understand what Nottingham Forest was and this is a guy coming from Sheffield Wednesday let's Let's be frank, Sheffield Wednesday, not a small club, but they ain't got the history that Forest have got. They haven't got the culture that Forest have got. They ain't got Brian Clough and people like that around. And and it took him 12 months to to understand that. that and once he did, of course, then everything clicked into place and, and Chris was a fantastic player. And I think Gary Brazil is carrying that on and making sure that the young players that are coming through understand the, the importance of, uh, of pulling on that shirt and what it means. And I think... You know, but that's it, it. Really, I I could sub, subtitle the book. You know, it, it talking reads what it means to play for Nottingham Forest because that comes through in every chapter and every page that it just jumps off the page. That what it means, and I think even people like um, Nigel Jemson um, and people will have different views about about Nigel. He wasn't with the club perhaps as long as he should have been, um, but you know, he openly says in in the book he wishes he'd never left. He should never have left for his career. That he probably didn't have the career that you know. I think he should have had. But he he says you know quite hand on heart he should never have left. And he went on and played for you know numerous clubs, but it's still Forest, which is the one that he comes back to. He lives with inside the ground now. I think he does a bit of the the uh, corporate stuff. And you know you, you see Nigel 
again, it's the imprint that Forrest has left with him, uh, even though that he, he was only there for two, three. Of course, he scored the, the winning goal, the winning goal in the League Cup final, which helps. But uh, again, it's an example that, that these are players who've played for, you know, lots and lots of different clubs, but somehow Forrest leaves a bigger imprint on them than, than anything else. David Phillips, another one who probably came to Forest towards the end of his of his career, and again he played for some some really decent clubs, Man City, uh, Norwich. But it, it's Forest that, that he talks about. He obviously won the FA Cup with, with Coventry. What service he, he gave to Forest, and he said at the end, you know, he, I think he was thirty four when he when he finally left, and he absolutely loved every minute of it. It was like a rebirth in his career. I think he was thirty when he signed. And you can just tell how much it, it meant to him to to uh, to play for Forrester, and especially around the time. I think he, I think he uses the words at some point. It was a privilege to be there, playing with people like Stuart Pearce and uh, and, and people around. Just unbelievable. Yeah, that's the common theme through the book that that kind of impact that being a Forest player had upon these these people and. In the in the modern game, we, you know, fans are very quick to criticise. Footballers, like you say, for being mercenaries or not caring that much about the club and about the fans. But reading the accounts that these players give of their Forest days, it's quite the opposite. And the passion and the love that they, with which they speak about the club, it. I think that's for me why I would recommend it to any Forest fan to read, especially somebody who perhaps didn't see these players play for the club. You know that those stories that they've got to tell and that passion really shines through. I, I think the, the, um, a friend of mine who read it and, um, and he said, you know, it'll make you laugh and it'll make you cry. And I think that's 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 probably a good thing. I'll take that. You know, it, it's because there are parts in it. I mean, the Mark. I think Big Norms. Everybody knows he's a funny, funny guy, and uh, I'd say he could make a living as a stunt comedian. But I think he already does. You know, he's, <laughs> he goes around and he, and he gives his talks, and and really, if you read his chapter, it, it's just it's laugh out loud stuff. And, and I think there there are some things in there, some of the stories that you know, long time Forest fans would, would probably have heard before. But I do think there are still some things that he drops in that I thought I haven't come across that one before. And and uh, yeah, it's. Um, it, it, Mark has got again somebody who, with all the the the, uh, the highs and lows of relegations and uh, and uh, and promotions back to it, but again, Mark, great great guy to talk to, fantastic guy. Everybody knows what a character he is, but again, he, he's got a he's got a, a serious side to it as well, and he talks about you know the mental health side of things and and getting in trouble when he was younger, uh, missing out on. Um, uh, couple of Wembley appearances because he, he got into a bit of bother and the trouble that you get when you're a footballer and everybody thinks you're a millionaire and everybody wants to have a fight with you on a Friday night, all these things. And then, of course, what happens to your mental health when, when you stop playing? And um, I, I think that's a really interesting chapter for Mark. Again, it's it, you laugh out loud. I, I genuinely laughed out loud when I was talking to him several times. It was unbelievable. But um, there are serious elements to it as well. And... You know, there's somebody else who, who touches on that is Jason Lee. Again, really intelligent guy, Jason. He's got a good job at the PFA these days. And uh, everybody knows about the old pineapple on his head that, that, that he went through there and, and every ground that he was getting this stick. And it's interesting that, that, you know, the strength of character that you need. All right, Jason, he knows his limitations as a player. He knew he was he was basically brought in as a, a stopgap 
for not a huge amount of money from South End. But he said that I, I just, you know, I just fought and fought and fought in every game and threw me again from a, a pretty harsh upbringing in um, in South London to um, to give everything in every game and. Uh, and, and I think you've got to look at people and just respect that what they what they did and what they achieved, and that the the dedication that they that they gave. And and, and again, we just think oh, I don't say that, but some people just think being a footballer is all just you know wine and roses and fast cars and you know lots of money and all the rest of it. And clearly, when you see the, the other side to it, they're just human beings with jobs and mortgages. And certainly back in the nineties, that these guys were not sort of you know, getting a big contract and that was it. They, they'd never have to work or play again. They had to work and work and work for everything. And um, I think Jason kept playing till he was sort of 37, 38. And as did quite a few of these players, actually. And, um, you know, they, 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 a lot of them credit that to, you know, things they picked up at Forest and, and things that they did with the training under, under Frank Clark, particularly when he brought in a, a fitness trainer that, that really revolutionised things. After uh, after the Cluffy era, um, so yeah, so I, I think it, it's um, it's a fascinating book, and there's a lot lot in there, and and I think let's say the the reviews I've had so far from from Forest fans have been fantastic, and that to me is what it's all about. It's not a money making exercise, really. I, hopefully, we can raise a bit of money for for the uh, the power chair team and and things, but it's not it's not a, a huge project. There's not going to be you know a, a million seller or anything like that. But I think it's a really interesting um, thing to, to to sit down and read. And, and like I say, somebody told me they read it in a day. And I said, I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing. He said, no, I started at like eight o'clock in the morning and I didn't finish till like 10 o'clock at night. And I thought, well, that's all right then, because it is like, you know, this, it's 200 and odd pages long. Um, but yeah, so it's, 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 been, it's been going very well. Yeah, it sounds like it's had a really good reception so far. What's it been like? Speaking to Forest fans about the book now that they've they've read it and they've got their hands on it, what's the reception and the reaction been like from them? Well, I've, I've, I've got a bit of a confession here, Steve, that, that I'm not actually a Forest fan. So that's a good thing, I think, in a way. You can be dispassionate about it and you can do it more as an ob- objective um, viewpoint from things. And as I say, I approached it as more of an academic uh, viewpoint. So... Not having that insight into uh, the Forest fan psyche, I, I'm really taken aback by it. You know, I, I set off with a Twitter account with literally no followers, and I think we've got um, 300 and odd followers now down the line. We've sold hundreds of copies of the books, and they've gone literally all over the world. Even today, there's a guy in Milan um, uh, ordered it. The last week, I was blown away. There's a guy in Moscow ordered it, and then the next day, there was a guy from De- uh, Kiev. And, you know, it's just I'm thinking, where are these sent them out to New Zealand, Canada, all over America, loads to Ireland, uh, all over Europe. So, you know, Forest fans absolutely everywhere. And a lot of people buying it for, for Christmas, because you can tell it's all the wives. Either that was a lot of female Forest fans, but there, there's a lot of people buying it for Christmas presents for their husbands. So uh, people might end up with it uh, on, on Christmas Day morning. It'll keep them quiet for a, for a couple of days. And um, yeah, it's 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 gone really, really well. And the, like I say, that the reviews it's done well on Amazon. People have got good reviews, five star reviews there. That that is an that's an important thing to me because you know we set out to do this to be a credible um, book and to do something good that, that Forest fans would like. And and I think we've achieved that. 
Definitely. And I think it, it deserves all the plaudits that it's getting. It really is a tremendous read. Now, also importantly with the book, 10% of all profits are going to the Nottingham Forest Power Chair Football Club. Now, there'll be a lot of fans out there, Forest fans in particular, who probably don't even know that the Power Chair Football Club exists. So how did the link-up come about between yourself, the book, and, and raising money for them? Well, I always like to, to do an, an element for charity. In the past, I've, I've raised money for um, the Gary Parkinson Trust. I don't know if you know about that. Gary Parkinson used to play for Preston, Middlesbrough, Burnley, and he's got locked-in syndrome now. So we've raised uh, money for, for Gary and then the, the baby beat appeal up at the, the Preston Hospital. So I always think, you know, it's just good to do something for, for, uh, for a charity. And I, both of those are football-connected in, in a roundabout way. And so I was just casting around on the on the forest website for um, you know a, a community project, really something that was forest connected and uh, was football connected, and and would uh, would be a good cause. And I think it's a fantastic cause. Like I say, a lot of forest fans don't even know this team exists. And if you go on YouTube and have a look at it, the game, the sport that they play, it's amazing. I've been trying to bang the drum with the the Nottingham Post and, and uh, Radio Nottingham to, to do some features on it, to get it a bit more well-known um, because it's a, it's a, a really skillful um, uh, sport carried out by guys who've, who've got some serious disabilities in some cases. And um, it's uh, if we can raise a bit of money and get some uh, uh, new equipment for them, uh, hope, I mean, you know, the idea would be to get a new, uh, a new chair completely, but uh, for one of the lads, but, you know, we we'll do what we can with that, and yeah, ten percent of the profits are going across the power chair team. I know the lads are absolutely chuffed with the book; they've seen it, and I've I've been on them with the Zoom chat, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's just a good thing to do, I think. Absolutely, and and very much a worthy cause that that the profits are going to. Um, just finally, can you tell us where we can get our hands on the book and? purchase a copy and, and obviously show our support as well for the power chair team yeah it's uh it's well it's on amazon but my advice is don't buy it on amazon because it's it's more expensive on amazon because of what they charge um but the the website is www.talkingredsbook.com and it's only 9.99 on there with uh, 2.99 postage but um so yeah for a tenner it's a great christmas present for, for forest fans or even if you're a young young man and you know you, you might not know the names, a you could get it for yourself and find out about some of these players whose names you've probably come across. If you YouTube some of Brian Roy's goals, fantastic, and, and all the rest of it, um, or get it for your mum and dad. You know all the players, all all the family members would absolutely love it. I think. Um, but yeah, so there's the website uh, talkingredsbook.com and it's on Amazon. Um, again, you just need to put in Talking Reds, Keith Harrison, and uh, it will it will come up or under Nottingham Forest Books. Um, the other day, I was I was up to number three behind uh, Stuart Pearce and uh, Brian Clough, and I thought, wow, that's pretty. Uh, you know, I'll take that all day long. Blimey, to be going Cluffy and uh, and Psycho was just fantastic. It was a real like wow moment, you know. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, they're the, they're the only two places to get it at the moment, of course, because with covid everything is a bit more shut down so we can't get in the club shop can't get in any bookshops really over in nottingham so it's uh, really uh, through the website and um, through uh, amazon 
Yeah, and I can confirm it's it really is a great read. And at the time of recording, we've still got a week of lockdown, so it's the perfect company. You got time on your hands; it'll it'll certainly uh, certainly entertain. And also with Christmas coming, it is certainly a perfect stocking filler for the forest fan in your life. Now, Keith, thank you very much for joining us on the Forest Ramble and talking about the book. It's been really good hearing some more insights and, and hearing from you about the project. So want to say good luck with the book and and thanks again for your time no problem steve thanks for having me on Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.